0: Welcome to this third episode of my podcast. My name is Brittany. This episode is about ambivalence. What the goal of these podcasts are is helping with new understanding of substance use and helping and motivating a person with an addiction. I am a family member who has a loved one with substance use disorder. I'm also a behavioral health coach and a family recovery coach. I have used these skills and practices that are called CRAFT, Community Reinforcement and Family Training, and the Invitation to Change approach out of the Centers of Motivation and Change to help motivate and facilitate change in my loved ones so that they can find treatment. It is important to note whenever we are talking about these, we're not talking about change in a person. We're not trying to fix individual but we're trying to help them motivate themselves so that they want change for themselves and that's what these tools and skills through the invitation and change and craft provide us so today in today's episode what we will be looking at in motivating our loved one or how to motivate a loved one is by understanding and with understanding ambivalence and understanding that ambivalence is normal so before we get started I want us to take a second to bring some awareness to ourselves and bring awareness to ourselves in our own emotions this is an important part of being able to help motivate somebody because we have to be able to have some compassion for ourselves have some love for ourselves some understanding and awareness of ourselves to know that this is hard, that this is a difficult task in supporting and loving a person who has a substance use disorder. So before we get started on ambivalence, we're going to take a second to reflect on that this is hard. And we're going to reflect in it in a way without judgment. We're going to just bring awareness to what is hard and bring acceptance to what is hard. Without fixing it. So for an example in that. Whenever I do these these exercises. Some of the things that I would put down. Was that it was hard for me. To see him pass out. My partner. On the floor. Intoxicated at night. That was hard. What was hard for me was. Some of the messes that would be left. It was hard for me to see that. There was the nights whenever he was sad and crying and hating on himself. Those nights were hard. Seeing him harm himself with alcohol was hard. Whatever may be hard for you in this, just bring awareness to that. Bring awareness and acceptance to it without judgment. We're not trying to fix it. We're trying to acknowledge and validate ourselves that this is hard. And moving forward, just take a moment to re- to reflect. To reflect on how you feel. To reflect on how that Exercise made you feel and accept and validate those emotions for what they are. Okay, as we move on, we are going to move forward in talking about ambivalence. As we move on, just take some time to check in with yourself and check in with your emotions. To see how you are doing as we move through this. So in this episode, we will be talking about helping and motivating our loved ones with an addiction by understanding ambivalence. When a person is motivated in two opposing directions at the same time, that's what ambivalence is. So what this means is there is a clashing of two values. When you hear people state, how can he choose family over drugs or alcohol? It's not that they're choosing one value over the other, it's that substance use is providing a benefit and it's providing something to them. Remember in our last episode, we stated that all behaviors make sense, but our loved ones, they have value for family. They have value for love and friendship. It's just that they're being pulled in two different directions at the same time. That's ambivalence. I know that that is really something really hard to first grasp and understand as to how something so strong as love and family and friendship, how could they choose? A substance but that's not really what is happening they're on an equal playing field sometimes and that can be even more challenging to kind of even accept in that sort of sense as well but their substance use is providing a benefit to them drinking alleviates depression for some It helps alleviate some shame and guilt and just lets people live and survive sometimes. Opiates take away pain and it gives a pseudo effect of love and connection. There's a reason for every behavior and there's a reason for every use. So in this, I know that my partner loves me and he values me, and I can see that. I can see that now, but I, it, it used to be something that was really hard to see until I started understanding ambivalence. And now I can see that his actions he does take outside of drinking does show me that he does love me. He does show me that he loves me in ways he'll hold me whenever I feel scared or anxious or overwhelmed. He'll express his love to me. He'll go buy me a Starbucks coffee in the morning whenever I'm trying to get ready for my coaching sessions in the morning. He may be really hungover sometimes and really hate not himself but he really takes that time to really ask and state what do you need right now and I take the time to really reflect on those moments those moments that I know he does love me and I have to write them out sometimes I have to really write out and reflect on it because it gives me that chance to really see the things he does love about me and care about me And then I write all the things that I do and love and care about him and value in him as well. And just bring acceptance to that as well. And I've had to really bring acceptance to that, to the reality that I do love a person with a substance use disorder. That reality doesn't mean that I have approval of his drinking, I don't approve of his drinking, but I accept he's a person who's been diagnosed with an alcohol use disorder. And that that is going to mean is that we're going to have a little bit of extra challenges than most couples do throughout our time. But with these skills and these family trainings here, it has become easier. It has given me the chance to help motivate him towards change and long-lasting change for himself. So as we move on here, think for a second of something that you yourself may be ambivalent about in yourself. When we are observing ambivalence, we are seeing what we normally call denial or the resistance to change. Though when we think of it in the context of denial, we're automatically shutting ourselves off from understanding our loved ones. Ambi- our loved one's ambivalence. And, and and in this, that means we're undermining our ability to help them to motivate change understanding is critical in helping to motivate change remember in our last episode we talked about how all behaviors make sense and our loved ones in ambivalent because they're not ready to make change or simply the cost does not outweigh the benefit yet working with ambivalence is critical in motivating change i'm going to share here a little bit about what i used to think with my partner and then we'll move on from there about some more ambivalence. so my partner as i mentioned is a person who's diagnosed alcohol disorder and it's taken me It's taken me years to learn what I know about him and his substance use. In the beginning, I was heartbroken by his constant attempts at him trying to quit drinking. And I would put undue blame on him for what I viewed as personal feelings whenever it came to his attempts to quit. I falsely believed that he had a choice in the matter. And he believed this as well. Subsequently, he believed he had control over his drinking. The belief that he thought he had control is what led to the broken promises and the lies. For he was not lying to me, he was lying to himself. He actually thought he could quit and control his drinking. He was in a stage of ambivalence and was being pulled in two different directions when it came to his substance use. His drinking at the t- time provided him with benefits that none of us were aware of at the time. And those benefits outweigh the consequences. Even though me, as an outside observer, it didn't make sense to me. And he would refer to this as his crutch. And he would he would state to me, he would say, you cannot kick someone's crutch out from underneath them without giving them the tools necessary to live without that crutch. In this time he had become so depressed and consumed with his drinking and he really felt a lot of shame and guilt and he also had a lot of self-hatred. This really for him perpetuated the cycle along with the cravings and the urges to drink. He was spiraling out of control and all I could see was the behaviors, the lies, the broken promises. I could also only see how his behaviors affected me in our household. He left disaster in the wake with his drinking and I had very poor boundaries which contributed to a lot of my anger and resentment towards him. I also had unrealistic expectations as to someone in active stages of addiction which led to a lot of blame and stating Why don't you just quit? Stop it. It's your choice. I was angry and thought it was a choice because I observed other people quitting. I even observed myself being able to quit drinking and stopping at times. And this perpetuated my my thinking. So as you know, loving somebody with a substance use disorder is very disheartening. And challenging for several reasons. And that reason is that ambivalence we're talking about. Our loved ones in the ambivalence stage does not yet see the negative effects that their substance use has on them and their lives. With this ambivalence, our loved ones are still experiencing the positive rewards of their substance use. And they don't yet have the desire to change. But how? How do we break that is our question. We need to first look at the cost and the benefits of that. So what's going on here is that, as I've stated before, the cost does not outweigh the benefits of quitting yet. In the book, Beyond Addiction, I think it explains it really well um, in a way. So I'm going to read here an expert from the book Beyond Addiction: How Science and Kindness Help People Change. It says states this about ambivalence. If using substances were like putting a hand on a hot stove, all downside and no upside, you wouldn't be reading this book because your loved one wouldn't need help. There'd be no ambivalence. He was just stop a long time ago. But we're not dealing with a burning hot metal. We're dealing with behavior. And that behavior has an upside. Often multiple upsides. At least for the people doing it and often for others as well. I drink because it lets me relax with my friends. I'm funnier when I'm tipsy. I lose weight with cocaine. I focus better on my SAT with lots of Adderall. I'm less depressed about my arthritis when I use Oxycontin. And so on. There's a counter argument to every one of these reasons, but that's precisely the point. Ambivalence is a pull in two directions at the same time, both which can seem like good directions. The more that we can accept this as normal, the less people have to cling to the unrealistic idea that there's no looking back, and the more openly and effectively they can deal with their ambivalence. As we're talking about, there are tools and there are methods to move your loved one through the stages of change, which that's one of this, these stages here. You're not powerless to help. You can influence change with the principles craft teaches you, and with the principle of the uh, the book Beyond Addiction, How Science and Kindness Help People Change does. So let's look a little bit closer here. At what tools break ambivalence. Some tools that help break ambivalence is most motivational interviewing strategies and a tool called a cost-benefit analysis. It's what weighs the pros and cons. Whenever we talked about how uh, your loved one's substance use has a benefit to it, that's what we are looking at here. We're looking at the pros and the cons of substance use. So, and there's also another tool which can be found in the book Beyond Addiction. It's called a behavioral analysis. And what you do with the behavioral analysis is you really start taking a closer look at your loved one's behaviors and seeing what the, it is, the benefits they're getting from their drinking. We may think that we understand their drinking on a surface level but if we can start really taking a deeper and closer look at it day to day then that's going to give us some more tools to be able to work with to understand their behavior to understand their ambivalence and to understand what benefit it is providing them so these tools here are good places to start because In helping break ambivalence, you need to know what the benefits are that your loved one is getting out of their drinking. And in drinking or using a substance, it makes sense to them. It provides them with a reward. It provides them with a benefit. So take a moment to think about what is your loved one's reason for use. My partner, he had several reasons. My loved one, he Uh, drink because of depression, shame, connection, boredom. Uh, Whenever I kind of did my behavioral analysis on a day-to-day sort of basis, I started recognizing that he was being provided um, benefits with attention and connection in certain ways that were reinforcing his behavior. So I was able to start removing some of my attention um, in different sort of aspects that kind of helped um, because drinking's benefit was providing a connection he was getting connection from going to the get and go from from uh, going and seeing friends and drinking he was he it was helping him calm down some so that he could sit and play video games uh, that was the, that connection part that it was providing that benefit so whenever I could recognize that, that gave me some more tools to kind of start working towards. And we're going to really go more into detail into that aspect of that whenever we start talking about craft. Um, so right now, we're just giving you some tools to kind of build up to some more things. So our goal here is to kind of start breaking ambivalence. So, so this can be these tools can be used for. Any behavior change you may want to make even in yourself as well. Um, So for an example, you may want to change nagging. You may want to reduce your anger towards your loved one. Change communication styles. You may want to work on your self-care and increase your exercise. You And you may find these behavior changes hard. And it's difficult, especially whenever you have ambivalence about it. Um, when our loved ones are being difficult about their substance use, it's because that it's providing that, that benefit to them and they, they still have other values. It's important to recognize that they have other values still, such as family, but they're being pulled into two different directions. Remember that. So in moving towards change or making change, the goal is to break through the ambival- ambivalence in order to facilitate change. Within ourselves first, and then we can help make that change possible through doing that in our loved one. Now, what I mean by that is, we need to kind of look at how that process, how breaking ambivalence in ourselves works. You need to kind of understand how that process works for yourself and how you break through your own ambivalence for behavior change because once you can bring some understanding and awareness of your own behaviors, then you can bring that forth in understanding your loved one's behavior as well. So how to break through ambivalence is by using communication strategies and techniques based off of motivational interviewing. Communication breaks ambivalence and helps facilitate change. Craft the invitation to change has um, helped me to guide um, my loved one through these changes. So, in this episode, we're not going to go into great detail about, um, motivational interviewing or communication strategies, uh, because that is a really, um, long, drawn out process, and there's a lot to motivational interviewing, and there's a lot To to communication. And so, what it's going to be important for you to start out with here in breaking the ambivalence before we move on to the next part is you're going to want to really work on understanding your loved ones' behaviors, why that makes sense to them. You want to understand their ambivalence. You want to understand that they're what the the cost and the benefit is to that to that um and then you want to understand yourself and your own ambivalence so that you can understand that so we're really introducing small things here at a time for you to kind of look on so i would really suggest to really start with that behavior analysis and go into great detail and understanding the behavior because what we will look on next is we're going to be looking through um, communication strategies and we'll be also looking at um, those different and motivational interviewing strategies to kind of help uh, break that ambivalence. So what I want you to know is that I know that this seems like this is a slow process, but I want you to also know that invitation to change and craft is not something that is a quick fix. Um, but these skills do work with time. It has probably taken me about a year's time to get to where we're at now with him in treatment. Whenever I first learned about craft, I learned about craft before I learned about invitation to change. And, um... So while you may feel a little frustrated right now that you want change to happen right now, really take some time to focus on the small changes that is happening in your loved one and really focus on those changes that is happening. Because you're going to start seeing as you work these programs, small changes over time. And that is what you really want to put your focus on is those small changes over time. I can really tell you that craft an invitation to change has helped me guide my loved one to make these changes. These tools do work. My partner is currently in treatment and he's, he's thriving because he wanted to make changes happen. And that's what these tools do. They help our loved ones make change happen and we can help. We're not trying to fix someone, but we're trying to guide them to make their own internal changes for motivation. So, um, I know I've talked about it before, but the book Beyond Addiction. uh, There's another book as well, Get Your Loved One Sober by Robert J. Myers, which is uh, based off craft principles. I would really suggest also in looking at that book as well. So as I state that, um, this is the end of our episode. So until next time, I want you to know um, that to please visit my website for more information and more resources at pflifecoaching.com and check out my Facebook page, um, Personal Freedom Recovery Coaching for additional support. And I also host weekly invitation to change Zoom meetings which will be starting here at the first of of this year of 2022. And um, I also do offer one-on-one coaching sessions as well. You can uh, get in contact with me at uh, uh, pflifecoaching.com or my Facebook page, Personal Freedom Recovery Coaching. And I will provide those links in the description there for you. So, until next time, remember that change is possible. Recovery is possible. People do change and you can help. And above all else, you're not alone. And ask yourself what is one thing that you can do for yourself this week? All right, until next time, you take care of yourself and I will hear from you again next time. Take care and thank you for listening.